Kia ora, kia ora, salo falava, malo, bolavinaka, fakalo falahiatsu. Welcome to the Touch Project podcast. My name is Pat. Uh, it's good to have you along for episode six of season two for uh, the Touch Project today. We, well, first and foremost, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I sound terrible. It's because I've got a flu, okay? Normal, you get the dulcet tones. Today, you get this blocked up rubbish. It's not good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this disappears in the next couple of days. But uh, I recorded this conversation uh, that I'm about to play you a couple of days ago, and it didn't sound so nasally and yuck then, so don't worry. You won't have to put up with what you're hearing now through the whole podcast. Fitzgerald Black joins us for... Uh, this week's episode, really stoked that the the universe brought us together uh, for this uh, conversation, and uh, man, I sometimes I feel I forget that this is a touch podcast, or at least it's supposed to be. <laughs> and for the most part, a lot of you that are listening now are because you are, I guess, part of our touch community. And one of the goals of uh, the podcast when I first, very very first, put it together. Uh, was that I I didn't want to try and be like a jargon-riddled podcast that just talked about, you know, uh, long balls and quickies and, and things that are just specific to touch. I wanted to talk about the people involved in our game because I think I think that's really the significant factor of our sport, not only in New Zealand, which a lot of our guests are from. Obviously, I'm here. It's easier for me to get Kiwis on. But also, for everyone, that all the Aussies, everyone from around the world that I've, that I've got on the podcast – I think are really, really good people first and foremost before they are amazing uh, contributors to our sport. And so today's episode with Fitzgerald Black is a perfect example of that. And if, geez, I did, I don't even know what my favourite part of this conversation is. I think my favourite part of it is the whole thing because it's such a real corded or a real yarn, right? And it comes from a really good place. So the bro Fitzgerald Black, uh, from a touch point of view, in terms of his touch resume, part of a New Zealand Open Men's Framework from a very young age and, and really was was uh, pivotal in some of the biggest moments of the Touch Blacks uh, whakapapa, if you want to call it that, and, and, and he speaks to a lot of the significant moments in his career. So all of that stuff, very well documented. Also well documented is the struggles uh, that Fitzgerald uh, Black went through with, with drugs and mental health and sort of there was a period in his time that he really needed to to, to channel his inner endurance and, and, and mana up and, and, and he's done that and he speaks to that struggle but he also speaks to the pathways to prosperity for himself as a, as a person and and I guess uh, where he wants to be in life full stop and, and oh Farno, that that was the kicker in this one that's what I really really enjoyed about this conversation <laughs> this conversation um, and yeah I just I can't wait for you to hear it because it was a really cool one. So finally bring this one to you. Fitzgerald Black for uh, Season 2, Ep 6. This is the Touch Project Podcast. Kia ora. So take us, take us back to the beginning of your of your Touch journey then, playing for, for New Zealand. We'll just jump straight to the good stuff because I guess the perk with you is that you were so young when you first started playing for New Zealand that a lot of kids talk about playing age grades, but like, when did you make your, your debut for Aotearoa? You were, what, 15? Uh, I got I got um initially selected for a Gold Coast tour, and at the at the time it was a guy Casper. He was the coach, and oh, luckily enough for me, he happened to be watching um Atupaura play. I think Tukuroa High School mm. and the New Zealand Secondary Schools um touch tournament in Wellington. <laughs> we were playing for I think um the wooden spoon. So whoever <laughs> won that game didn't come last. 
And um, yeah, well, and then what happened was a couple of the boys pulled out of the New Zealand Open men's team that year to go to Gold Coast, and he gave me a call to see if I wanted to go. I think I was 15 going on 16, but and um, I had to turn it down, unfortunately, because I, was, I had rugby commitments. But yeah, but in saying that, bro, like, you know, it's people might think it's an awesome thing getting selected at such a young age, mm. but. The, the the whole thing of um, working hard for what you get, I didn't kind of get to experience that. So I kind of yeah. thought things just come naturally, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Where where some of the boys that end up working hard for what they get, that's the old saying, hey, bro, nothing come, nothing that's good comes easy, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I was just used to making teams with soft pure talent, and um, sometimes it's not. Not necessarily a good thing. Mm. Mm. Do you think? Uh, do you think had you gone through the age grades and, and done a few years, um, you know, sort of working your way up the ladder as opposed to sort of getting that uh, that, uh, that that golden ticket straight to the top side? Do you think things may have panned out differently for you? Maybe you appreciate it a little bit more different. Yeah, I, I believe so, bro. I think um, going to the hard yards and and earning what you get is does a lot for your character, mm. and and I believe characters now. <laughs> Hindsight's a good thing, right? But yeah. I believe I believe now, um, uh, kids that work hard for what they get, they end up being they end up being something special. And and I've, I've, a prime example for me for that is somebody like Mitha Graham. I remember um, him coming into the New Zealand Open Men's for his first year, and uh, to where he is now, mm. he's going to be probably remembered as the greatest player of all time. Or you know, yeah. he's almost the Richie McCaw of touch and. And just seeing, I, I, I was lucky enough to, to witness pretty much his, his whole touch career. Mm. And to just see where he's come from there to now is uh, it's amazing, really. And yeah, all credit to him. Yeah, tell me about tell me about touching your community when you were growing up before you, before you you cracked the, the national scene. Uh, tell me about the the I guess the significance of the sport with with your whānau growing up because you, like you said you're from a touch whānau, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Um, I said, yeah, no, it's just it's huge in Rotoki. It's like you you wouldn't imagine how much how many good touch players have come out of there. So there's Boding Waka, there's Ngaruhi Black, there's uh, Patrick McGarvey, there's Mari Tepa, there's Armis Black, there's Tumanako. Um, there's, there's just so much good players that have come out of there. It's, it's yeah, like when we had our Fano team one year that played on the Pakistani tournament, we almost just went all the way. <laughs> And that's just purely we're all blood. So, yeah. so it's, it's it's a huge sport there, and it's always encouraged. So every summer, I remember my uncle Uncle Pukele is his name. He used to always organise games for us at the Ruatuki High School. Mm. And we used to get down there probably three times a week in the school in the school holidays, and we used to just jam, you know. And it was real. It was raw touch. Then you know we were stepping our way to the five. There's no such thing as yards. There's back passes, back flick passes. Yeah. It was never really, you know, it was, it was all pretty flary, eerie stuff, but yeah. I suppose that's what made us what we were. It's like universal currency, eh, the game of touch footy? Because like you said, I think at, at one point in my childhood growing up, like, touch was, was code, eh? Like, that was the, the one sport that every single community uh, played. It was like the the one thing that brought us all together. And, and at one stage, I think, bigger than any other sport in the country, I don't care what anybody says, touch was it, eh? That mm, was it, bro. It's, I, I remember, like, the national tournament used to be so big. The Fakatani tournament used to be much bigger than what it is now. It's mm. like it's supposed to be so huge. I don't know. I don't know what's happened over the years. I think it, I think all the other sports have 
have taken a lot from touch, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like, you look at the New Zealand Sevens team and all their playmakers, both girls and men. Mm. So, you know, they all come from touch. You look at Benji Marshall, he's come from touch. You look at Sean Johnson, he's come from touch. Mm. Even my own brother, Ultimate Black, he's come from touch. You look at a lot of those, Richie Moinga, he's come from touch. And all these people that we're talking about are the drivers. Mm. They're the drivers for the sport that they play in. So they're the first fives, they're the halfbacks in league, they're the standoffs in league, they're the playmakers in the seven teams. You even look at the netball, they're the centres in netball. I've always thought, you know, if people just chose, I've always chosen touch as my number one sport. Yeah. But if, if people had done the same, we would be unbeatable. You know? It's interesting because I know of your your success in Te Ao Māori, especially around you know uh, Manukōrero and, and and that side of things. Because that's a, that's a thinking uh, a thinking that's you gotta you gotta be fast in your head uh, in order to to be uh, an amazing speaker. Um, I think quick witted, you know, intelligent. There's there's a, a certain finesse to to putting uh, stringing things together and, and articulating that with words so that you can captivate an entire audience. I'd say the same well, the same for Touche eh? when you're out there your mind needs to be clicking over 10,000 miles an hour and you need to be able to show in your head articulate how this play is going to work in order to get the touchdown would you say that was why you were naturally gifted was because of of how intelligent you are in your head at other things uh, I'd say that contributed to it yeah I think yeah touch of uh, in same with money Kurero, it's on the spot you know mm. You beat a man in touch, you need to know who you're going to hit straight away. Yeah. You've almost got a, not even a second, a split second to think about hit the winger or the other middle or hit the long ball or, you know, hit the link. It's, yeah, I'd say it's, yeah, it all relates, eh, bro? Like, mm. same with Manu Korero, you get a impromptu topic, you've got five minutes to think about what you're going to say, then you got to go out there and speak yeah. about it for three minutes. And, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. bro. Yeah, it's, it's, got a, it's very similar. And so I guess in, with that with that that manukorero mentality, did you did you apply that to to your prep when it came to touch footy in terms of you know processing and 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 uh, considering plays and and whatnot? Um, yeah, uh, in a way, bro, I was more like um, I played a lot on heart. Eh? Like mm. I yeah, I I pride myself of having a big heart. Like when I'm tired, I just know keep going. You know, mm. yeah, I was I was more one of those players. It's times times change too, so. Like when I first started playing touch, you know, it was all about the step and the dive and all of that stuff. Then, you know, once once your knee goes, you got, I had to kind of change my, yeah. <laughs> I had to kind of change my game to a passing game. You know, yeah. it's more the long ball game. And then as I got older, I had to change my game into yardage game and becoming that man for the other boys. So I had to over the years I had to um, adapt my style of play uh, to still be selected for the New Zealand men's team. And I give a lot of that credit to Peter Mac- Peter McIntyre. I got a good relationship with him and he was always honest with me, you know, and then before every national tournament or something, he would come up to me and kind of say, oh, boy, I think you need to change your game to this in order to make the team. And then I'd go and do exactly what he said and then, luckily enough, make the team. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I'll sort of, yeah, got to give him a lot of credit too. Mm. Were you good with feedback? You know, when when people gave you feedback, did you... Uh Obviously, you say there when Peter Mac tells you something, you implement it, and then it ha- you know, and then it happened for the best. Like, is that were you always that way when when it came to coaches' feedback or what? Not always, uh, but I, I always was with him. Like, I, I had a lot of trust in Peter Mac. I always, um, whatever he said, I kind of yeah, I, I trusted him. Eh? So whatever he was like a father figure for a lot of us, name growing up old Peter Mac. So whatever he kind of said, I, I'd go away and work on or yeah, nah, yep, yeah. with him I was, and also Nigel Hatham. He was he was huge too. Eh? He's those two men, 
uh, the, the, the amount of, um, if it wasn't for them to touch would be in a pretty dangerous place, I'd say. Mm. He's an untouched there. They've, they've contributed so much to the sport and the amount of talent they've brought through is, is amazing and, and the work they've done with them. Yeah, those two are pretty special people in our sport, I think. When you look at when you look at your ascend to the top at such a young age, or at least the opportunity that was afforded to you, um, do, do you do you have you, have you have you ever shared how you feel like that process affected you uh, with Touch New Zealand in, in regard to them maybe uh, changing the way in which they offer the same opportunities to young people today, just to maybe avoid that and, and look for a progression plan through the grades? Have you shared to them how that how that affected you? Um, no, no, not really, but I, I think they've done that naturally anyway, bro. So back then they never used to have the, um, the youth talent camps and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, and now they have, and, and now they're also, not only that, they're sending mentors to these camps, mm. which is, which is, a, which is a huge thing for young people to have mentors and stuff like that. And I, I think they're doing an awesome job at the moment, such yeah. New Zealand and, even though the results might not show it at the moment, I can I, I feel it's only just around the corner to be honest. And yeah, bro, when, they're doing an awesome job. When did when did it then become something that you felt as though you earned? Like uh, you know, as you said at the beginning, it was sort of like just given to you on a platter. When do you felt? Mm. When, when do you feel like you actually earned your spot? What year was that? Oh, just bro. I, I I feel like that doesn't happen until we <laughs> finally won the gold medal because. Yeah. I always thought I was good enough, like in terms of making the team. So I don't ever feel like I didn't didn't earn the spot. But in terms of working hard for it, mm. well, it wasn't until um, I got a little bit older and you know, a bit heavier and stuff like that, yeah. and few injuries, and it was wasn't until I had to um, change my game really. So mm. you know, going from the X factor person to being the the glory guy. I had to learn to be the head down guy, yeah. be the yards guy, uh, defend guy, you know. So my it's just that uh, re- reversal of role. Mm. Yeah, and then having to learn that role, that was, you know, mm. from being in a, in a, being the, one of the attackers to the team to being told, now this is your role, you're a yards and defense man. Yeah. You know, that's, it wasn't until then I kind of realized, holy heck, there's a lot more work to winning a that game of touch than going out there and scoring touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you mm. did you process that uh, all right, or, or how was that mentally? Just just to accept that, did you did you take a while to adapt, or um, yeah, oh, it was a hard knock to take to be honest. But at the end of the day, if you want to be wearing that black singlet, you kind of do whatever it takes. Eh? And mm. and once you get amongst the boys, um, it's just, it's a pretty special feeling, you know, putting on that black singlet with um the other 14, 16 boys that get to do it with you. It's mm. you kind of put the personal feelings and stuff like that it does it's non-existent to be honest it's more do whatever it takes to and when you've been trying for so long so like from when I was 16 17 to it wasn't you know all those years playing touch for the open men's we'd never won the gold medal yeah you know so it was almost we, we got to a stage where whatever it takes to be honest and yeah now nah, you end up just doing whatever it takes and and when you got somebody like Peter Mack at the, at the helm mm. You know, he's you, you trust him, and whatever he sees goes, and and that's that's exactly what it was, and and it happened. Yeah, I want to um, 
I want to ask because, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on this too much because it's it's obviously documented and it's out there for people that want to go watch your story. It's available, but you know you've been really brave and you've discussed you know some of the struggles that you've been through, uh, drugs and, and the mental health stuff, and and um, you know, and I don't want to make this the, the the point of this court at all because I think whilst it's important, it's not why you're on here, um, but I, I yeah. do I do think it's it's. Uh, it's kind of relevant to, to understanding how far you've come as an individual, and, and I guess the, the the effect the effect that it had on both your game at a, at a young age, but also the, the 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 man you are today, and and the difference that you're making in our community today. So, I guess can you can you touch on on that? Can you touch on the you know where you're at right now, basically as a result of opening up, and, and how that's affected uh, your posse in the community today? Oh. I've, um it's just all about speaking your truth, eh, bro? Like, there was a lot of a lot of years in my life where I wasn't. Mm. Where, um, and a lot of the glory was hiding it too. So all the winning and all the limelight stuff was hiding what actually was happening. So it was just got to a stage where um, speaking the truth was pretty much the only way to go. And mm. and uh, it's, it's also held me accountable, bro. So getting on TV and saying all that stuff, you know, mm. just, to go back and do what I to be what I was would be a hypocrite kind of thing. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, bro, it's it's an everyday battle. Like it's addiction is something that it doesn't just disappear. Mm. If you know what I mean, it's 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 there every day, and it's uh, um it's an everyday battle. But I'm winning at the moment, mm. and um it's a good buzz. And uh, reality is actually the best buzz you can have. You know. Yeah. For me, it was more sharing my story for people that are maybe in the same headspace mm. and letting them know that there, there is light at the end of the tunnel, eh, bro? Like, yeah. it's the people that get caught in that world is um, they get stuck there and it's it's almost like a, a battle that can't be won, but it can be, you know? It can be won and, yeah, it's just it's just about speaking the truth, bro. I think, you know, that's it's all you can be in this world that you live in is... Yeah. As if you can speak your truth, then you're good to go. That's right. Well, if you speak your truth, no one can hold it against you. You know. That's right, bro. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I I wonder. Um, one of the one of the the things you said in, in your interview on on the telly, bro, was that this was your way of of keeping keeping at that high. You know, you got so used to and addicted to the 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 the. the high that you would get when you do really well in sport and then I guess when the injury sidelined you from that it, it took that high away how do you how do you deal with that now I guess uh, we, how do you find the natural high as opposed to to the alternative oh it's um oh, I'm lucky to have a great partner now and um she's awesome and um she's got awesome kids and for me it's seeing those kids in that high moment mm. that give me a high yeah. and um and also just my son gives me the, the biggest high I can ever possibly uh, imagine of eh, the time I spend with him. Mm. And because um, that got kind of sidelined for a bit, eh, bro? Like when you're living that high life, everything gets put to the side. Mm. And you kind of forget about what's really important in life. And, that, and that's where I was, bro. I was in a place where winning, being the man was everything rather than actually the real man is the man at home. Yeah. Yeah, so um, trying to be the... Trying to win that life, bro, is, is 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 what gives me my high at the moment. So if I'm winning in that life, I get a good buzz out of it. If I get home, bro, hang the washing out, make the night, <laughs> and uh, yeah. keep the mumsy happy. Yeah. You know, I'm on a high. So yeah, nice. it's just about um, yeah, changing my 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 um thought thought process. Yeah. 
because uh, games are life, bro. And if you're winning at it, you should be able to get a high off of us, please. Yeah, it's the real, it's the real game, really. You know, it's, it's the uh, real game, bro. Yeah. That's right. How's that? How's your relationship with your whanau? I know that uh, things were a bit shaky there in in, in the years prior. I guess uh, everything's sweet now. Or? Yeah, no, things are good. I'm currently here right now as we speak at yeah. uh, mum and dad's house. I've uh, got my son here as well. Mm. And uh, all my nephews, my sister, my brother, we're all here having uh, our school holidays and enjoying each other's company. And uh, things are things are at an all-time high, bro, yeah, nice. but a real high, if you know what I mean. So, it's, um, nah, things are choice. It's cool to hear, brother. And, and uh, you know, and, and I'm sure people have expressed that. Uh, it's the same thing I said to, uh, we had Jordan Marshall King on here, bro, last season, and, and uh, he, he spoke about his you know, the mental health battles that he went through and, and what he needed to do to get right and, and how every day with him, bro, he has his, his highs and his lows. And I guess it just uh, is exactly what you just said. Every day is, is, a, is a challenge in itself. But if you can come through, then it's a fresh chance at the next day, you know? Yeah, that's right, bro. And, and because he, well, he's a cousin too, and he's from Ruatuki too, old mm. um, Jordan Marshall and Benji and them. And uh, all credit to him, man. He's, he's, he's become an awesome touch player and somebody a lot of young kids look up to and, Mm. And just for somebody of that um, stature and and stuff to come out and talk about it too, like it's 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 actually normal these days. Like yeah. especially with Mihi Milner and that talking about mental health, and which is awesome that that wasn't there in our day, eh, bro? Mm. Like you know, it was almost something you know you had to harden up, get through it, kind of buzz. Yeah. Where now it's actually all right to be vulnerable, which is which is awesome. I think for the up and coming generation, it's, it's actually really important. You know, the, the, to. to to, to make it known that man some days it's okay to just feel down and it's okay to share um you know what you're going through and, and all that sort of stuff i'm big on it eh, bro like i, I um i'm big on rangatahi in, in our community here up in, in counties and, and i let them know that you know every now and then you just need to share about how you're feeling and it's really important and you're right um back i guess back when you were coming through the grades it probably didn't have those mentors like yourself that could uh share that fakata with our kids coming through yeah no that's right bro and, and don't get me wrong bro like what i what i went through is nothing i'm proud about mm. but it's 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 reality yeah. you know like it, it, it actually happens and there's people out there that that are going through the same thing, like Jordan Marshall, for instance, saying how he wakes up every day and it's a it's a battle. And like we say, games are lost, and, and it's yeah. all about trying to win that battle. And and sometimes it's it's knowing um it's all right to talk, it's all right to talk, but also knowing that actually you you might need to go see see the right people to talk to, yeah. if you know yeah. what I mean. Like sometimes you you're actually talking to the wrong person. Yeah, it's about finding somebody that has your has your heart at the interest day, like your. Yeah, if you know what I mean, bro. Oh, I do, I do. I to be honest, bro, I got I got my click, I got my circle, right? And and I and they know that uh that I love them and I know they love me, but every now and then I need to I need some concrete from outside the circle, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And, bro. and, I, and I need I need someone to tell me what what I need to hear as opposed to what I want to hear. And uh right, you know, so um bro, I'm with you. I oh, and you and you would have heard my dad in the documentary, bro, he's pretty concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. I mean if there's anyone that's gonna tell you how it is, it's the old man, eh? That's right, bro. Yeah. That's right. Is is uh is is touch still a, still a big thing for you, bro? Or? Oh, I still love it, bro. It's it's I I, I love it, eh? Like even when I finish playing I you know, I get into the coaching stuff and mm. Oh, it's still the best game in the world to me, and yeah. I've every every kid's dream was to be an All Black. My my dream was always to be a Touch Black, and, yeah. and, and that will never change, you know. And oh, I'm so grateful for the sport and and the people I've met through it, and and the mentors I've I've met through it, and mm. oh, it's just 
it's just that's an awesome sport, bro. Yeah. Do you still uh, do you still have a uh, have a desire or, or a fire burning inside you to, to to provide to that Touch Black's legacy in some way? Yeah, no, definitely, bro. Oh, well, there's a saying that goes: they always once a Touch Black, always a Touch Black. Yeah. So um, it's it's a, it's a big fun, bro, and you know I'm I'm always in touch with my bros from from back in the day and. Mm. You know, brace for life when we, once you make, wear that black singer, that's, I suppose it's like the all blacks, once the all black, always the all black, yeah, no yeah. difference. And I think that just because the all blacks, the rugby is a professional sport, means that to me really, like professional, professionalism's uh, an attitude, eh? And, mm. and I think um, if you're in the best touch team in, in New Zealand, uh, you're the best at it. Like, yeah. there's, I would never select a Dan Carter or Richie McCoy or a Leon Skinner or yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitter Graham or anything like that in the team. Like, you know, it's a, it's a totally different sport, different skills. And you know, for you, what what do you think the greatest moment in in your touch uh, career has been to date? Or when you when you close your eyes and I say, tell me about the moment that you felt proudest whilst wearing the black singlet. What moment comes to mind? Oh, there's a few, bro. Um, um, I think. One of the best moments I've had was um, a Fakatani tournament when um, we took our New Zealand under 19 team. Mm. We went in under a club team called New Era, Nigel Hotham and Clarky, 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 sorry, Clarky took us as, as our coaches and we went to, got to the semi final and uh, we beat Two Sharp, which was Willie Moringa, Bruce Kaki and all of them. And then um, we made the final against Freezing Hot and then we won in the drop off. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to. to to get the winner, that was that, that was a pretty special moment. But in terms of the greatest moment, probably probably winning that gold medal against Australia for the first time ever. Mm. That's something that you know there's only what sixteen players that got gold medals, and that's that's a pretty special feeling and something I'll take take down. You know, mm. something I'll hold. You know, forever. Nobody can take that away from us. And and those boys, that was a special feeling, man. Especially with those boys that. Special bunch of brothers, man. Yeah, I've I've had the just the privilege of talking to a few a few of the boys from you know from that uh, from that side that that alongside you have got the the gold medal and and it's um it's funny you've done the best job of explaining what it feels like and and even then <laughs> you didn't really share much because obviously it's something that you know uh, had to be there kind of uh, how do you how do you articulate what's in your heart in that moment right that's right bro like when it happened I was was almost like. Because you've been waiting for that moment for so long, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. And then when that happened, it was almost like surreal. Mm. It was like, fuck, what? what the, oh, sorry, I just saw, bro. <laughs> you're right. Can you're we right. do that again, bro? Yeah, no, keep, <laughs> no, keep, keep going, bro. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, yeah, it was like, holy hell, we did it. Mm. You know, because the year before, actually, I, I actually thought it was going to happen then. Mm. We were in Waitakere and we'd like, we were up by like four points or something. We got a few intercept tries. Like we were up by two, then we got a couple of intercept tries. Yeah. Got to half time. We were still up by two. And you know, the Aussies, they never go on, right? And then they ended up taking it from us. And that was the worst feeling in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then and then the next series after, we finally did it. And it was like, oh, hell, we did it. And then yeah. it wasn't until later it kicks in, you know, when you're with the boys in the changing room and you're looking around the shed and to the boys' eyes and mm. it's, get stuck into it and, and enjoy the night and yeah. oh, I was and I was just happy because you know old Peter Mac done a lot of work too man and oh, you know for a lot of us 
there a lot of it was for him, yeah. if you know what I mean, for yeah. Peter Mack and for the for the hard work he's put in and the trust he had in us to to keep us, you know, together. Like the team that we put together, he he brought together for that uh, series was pretty much our New Zealand secondary schools team that he picked from ages ago. Mm. And it was the first time we had all got together again, pretty much, and we went out there and did it. You know, he finally got the team he really wanted, you know, because with all the, the amount of money you have to pay and the yeah. travelling and away from your family, there was a lot of times and we never really got the best touch New Zealand team we wanted, open men's team we wanted. To be honest, bro, I reckon they would. I, I would not select a different team to the one he selected on for oh, that yeah, one. For like sure. that was that would have been the best. That would have, for me for the first time ever playing for the open men's team. That would have been the the best side in New Zealand at the time. And oh yeah, look what happens. Looks <laughs> <laughs> what happened when it, you know when yeah. we, we when we when it's allowed to happen, and yeah. that's what happened. We we got the dub. Is is there something about that moment? I guess if that was the greatest moment of of your time in touch, is there something about that that you implement into into your uh, I guess your recovery journey? Was there what, what was it about that the the, the the ultimate win? I guess you, you showed yourself you could do it there, so you can do it with what you're going through. Yeah, I've always been a diehard kind of follower, like mm. never say die type of person, and never give up kind of thing. Like I, I always pride myself on having a lot of hearts and and I, I, that whole team had a lot of heart that day, like because you know it was one all. And we're all used to getting to the third game and not getting over the line. Yeah. But on and Dean Williams had gone down the game before, which was a huge part of our team. You know, attacking wise, he went down. Um, yeah, it was it took a lot of heart and 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 that tight, tightness of the group. Like we haven't seen each other all together probably since that day. Mm. But I, I, I put a hundred dollars on it that if we got together tomorrow, it'd be just like yesterday. If you know what I mean. I don't want to take away from any of the other New Zealand men's teams I've played with because every team I've played with has been special like the memories you take away from it and the brotherhood is, is unreal and mm. some, it's, it's, you can't explain it really it's uh, it's special name when you go out on tour with the boys mm. but um, you know at the end of the day there was a team they got the, the gold medal so where, where it's pretty is, uh... special really where is the gold medal in the singlet? Where, where have you got it? Oh, she's hanging up right here with my singlet and my <laughs> mum and dad's house. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to yeah. snap a selfie and send it to us, brother. It'll be cool. Um, yeah, uh, no, I will, bro. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keen to know uh, when when Rahul rings you and says, brother, I need you to come down and inspire, these, uh, inspire the squad before uh, the next Trans-Tasman. What would you say uh, if, you had, if you had to encapsulate uh, what they need to hear in one sentence? What would that sentence be? Uh, Burn the boats, boys. So, yeah, I've been lucky enough to work with Rahul. Um, I've actually coached open men's with him. We co-coached it one year. Mm. And uh, that was the message I gave them, eh? Like, there was, uh, back in the days, you know, there was, uh, I think it might have been the Vikings went to a, to a war and before they got off their boats, they, they burnt them, you know, and, and the, uh, their leader said, you know, there's no going home kind of thing and, and that's what it's like. You've got to leave everything out there, man. Mm. Burn the boats, eh? Burn the boats, brother. Nice. I like that. Is, <laughs> is, is, there, uh, is, is, uh, is there something about your time in touch that, um, that I guess uh, that, you, that, you remind, that you're mindful of as, as you continue in life in general? If you walk away from the field and don't think of the sport, uh, just think of your role as a dad, as a partner, as a member of our community, is there, is there something you take from, from your time in touch and implement that? Oh, there's heaps. Oh, if anything, it's the relationships, you know, like learning how to um, get along with a lot of different people and and putting yourself to the side and 
and making it all about the team, bro. That's mm. that's huge, and I suppose that that relates to a lot, lot with whānau, eh? Like a lot of your wants, you need to sacrifice in in order for the better good of the whānau. And and don't get me wrong, bro. Like I said at the early, earlier on, it's, it's still a work in progress. Like I believe I've come a long way, but there's still a long a long way for me to go. Yeah. And then, yeah, I can't wait to see what the future holds. To be honest, brother. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch on the future in a sec. I just want to reflect for a moment on a few players. So walk us through some of the some of the people that you've had the the the, the blessing to to chuck the boots on and, and run with. Oh shit! Um, oh, Leon Skinner definitely. Um, Chrissy War, Paulie Davis, Lani Kaiwai. Some special ones, but um, some of the specialer ones, um, if that is, that is even a word, <laughs> that is now, Kelly. <laughs> That's now, break. Tuck it in the dictionary. Um, oh, I, I always loved playing with Morris Stone as a young fella. Yeah, we had a special thing going. Um, but I, I can't go past Mister Graham to be honest. Like in terms of what he's, he's um, you know, I believe he's had a lot to do with uh, the change of culture in Touch New Zealand. Mm. Like um, yeah. Oh, if only I could tell you what the culture was like when I first started to wear this now. <laughs> you can, you but can. Like, we love getting in trouble on this podcast, brother. So you just uh, <laughs> t- tell us what it was like. Well, let's just say the warm-ups are a lot different, bro. <laughs> the warm-ups are a lot different. Um, but um, yeah, he's had a huge he's had a huge part to play in terms of where it is now. And yeah, yeah alongside with Pete Mac then too, that's, it's been a pretty good combo. And I remember when he first came as a young fella, right, into camp. Oh, into our first thing, and I was—I knew he could speak Maori and stuff like that. Eh? Mm. So, you know, as the senior player, you usually get the double bed yeah. in the in the motel room. But I chucked the old Kali in there, so I could, um, you know, jump in the same room with Mitch. And I knew, I knew then he was going to be something special, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew then he was going to be something special. Now nah, he's 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 done a lot for the sport. Coaches, though, Peter Mac, greatest coach you've ever played for, or what? Yep, yep. No, I have to. He's, he's the one that's he's, he's the one with the gold medal also hanging on as well, as well I suppose. Yeah. And uh, but Nigel Hatham's got to be up there too, bro. Mm. Both of them together would that was an unbeatable combo actually. And them two together, I don't think we they've lost. To be honest, if I if I recall back, yeah, no, I don't think they've lost. Every time I've played and it's been them two together, we haven't lost the game. What's some advice that that Nigel or, or Pete have given you? Like share some share some of the jewels. Um, uh, one that Nigel always remembers: uh, "Men at night, men in the morning." Yeah, that was always a, that was always a pretty special one. Um, uh, Pete, well, Pete was always he was pretty technical, way, so he was always had the ends and the the tic tacs and the. <laughs> even though he spoke pretty fast, you know, in some of us, it took me a while to get used to his language coming from Duatuki to the Auckland cage. <laughs> yeah. You know, but nah, he's once you got to know his language and and vibe with him, he. I, oh, he took me a long way, is but it, yeah, Peter Mac, Peter Mac would have to be is, is my coach, all-time. Is coaching in your future? Yeah, you, you keen to 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 give it a real nudge and 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 uh, and make it a bit of a priority moving forward? Or um, yep, yep, eventually. But um, I just want to I just want to win it. What I'm doing at the moment, bro, and it's I'm, I'm a teacher at a school in uh, Gisborne for nice. Wananga, trying to try to be the best that I can be. That's in mm. probably coach my boys' team stuff like that, and and, and then make. Probably follow him through and see see where that takes me, bro. Yeah, that's that's dope. I like that. Is is uh, I guess touch uh, a big part of their lives as well. Have you passed that down on on your on your kids? Oh yeah, no, nah, my boy, my boy loves touch. He's he's part of our wider family, and yeah, 
every every Afrikaner tournament he gets us one of the singlet, and we we get down there and support the boys, and it's been pretty 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 special journey that one of journey. Yeah, what's uh what's your proudest moment just for you in general, not just in touch, but just in general in life? Is is there being something that you can share with us now that uh, that you're really proud of? Oh, probably the best of my boy Barry being there for that, catching him into the world. Probably the most important catch I've ever had to make, to be honest. But nothing goes you caught him. You did catch him? <laughs> yeah, I, I caught him, bro. I caught him. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, nothing surpasses that. And yeah. it's, 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 there, was, there was a better feeling in the gold medal. But yeah. yeah. What do you say to uh, what do you say to the young kid? Um, you know, he's playing, playing. You know, might, might be juniors at the moment and, and is really keen to, to give it a good nudge and, and one day pull on that singlet and, and represent Aotearoa or hopefully bring the gold medal home. What what advice do you give that young fella? Just humility, eh? Humility is huge. It took me ages to realise that. And um, humility is a, a, a huge part in, in order to be to where you want to get to. And, and humility means a lot of things that could, you know, humility means um, acknowledging actually where you are at present. Mm. You know, if you're not good enough, you need to acknowledge that and, and acknowledge that you need to work harder to get better. Mm. Uh, humility means uh, character. You know, like great a great person will always make a great touch player, just like the All Blacks, you know. Yeah. It's, it's humility is everything, to be honest. And, yeah, and honesty. Humility and honesty will get you a long way. Be the best version of you that you can be, but just acknowledge that uh, you didn't get there alone, right? So uh, That's right. You know, people and sometimes, sometimes, hey, hey, bro, sometimes what you got is not good enough, but t- tomorrow you get up again and you can be better, eh, man? Yeah. It's important to, to remember that, that there's a go to bed, wake up, and if you're blessed to wake up, then make it happen, right? Make it happen, brother. Yeah, That's right. I've loved this yarn, my bro. Uh, not not for the touch stuff, but just to hear from you. And uh, it, it's been it's been really cool to to see where you're at, and and I'm really looking forward to to seeing what role you can play in, in our game moving forward. And and if that's not uh, for a few years yet, because you're focusing on mahi and your whanau, then so be it. Because uh, when it does come time for you to to share that uh, wisdom with our our touch whanau up and down the country, I'm sure it's going to come from a really good place, brother. And I'm really looking forward to it. No, it's been an honour, brother. Thank you very much. No worries. And and just quickly. When you were playing, the two-minute music was the same. Do you reckon you'll sign my petition to change the two-minute music? Change it to a different one. <laughs> just, change it to, just change it to anything. I don't even care. Oh, I, can change I it love to, it, bro. I oh, love the old man. Don't be silly. You're going, mate. Come on, come on. Oh, well, I suppose if you like it, then it's okay because you want a gold medal, right? <laughs> That's right, bro. Oh, no. That's right. No, me and uh, Fitzgerald Black. Good luck for it, bro. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's, it's not happening. I'm just, you know, I, I just like putting it on there because uh, it makes me feel better about my failure. Don't worry about it. <laughs> me, me, brother, best, th- thanks for your time, my bro. Good yarning, bro. Cheers, brother.